Today on Living in the Word with Dr. Gary Yates. The ultimate judgment that takes place is not just about God's anger at human sinfulness. There's a promise that there will be recreation even after the judgment. The Noahic Covenant reminds us of God's mercy in the midst of judgment. Hi, I'm Gary Yates, the uh, pastor at Living Word Baptist Church in Forest, Virginia. Thank you again for joining us as we continue to look at the biblical covenants. And I believe studying these covenants and understanding them is important because they help us to see the character of God and they help us to also uh, fill out our understanding of the picture of salvation in the Bible. And what is God up to in the world that we live? He, he uses these covenants to bring fallen, sinful humans back into relationship with himself. In our last presentation, we looked at the Noahic covenant and the way that it is structured and laid out for us in Genesis chapter 6 to 9. And this covenant, like all of the covenants in the Bible, involves both a promise from God and conditions and obligations that are placed upon humans. And so the promise from God is that he will not send another judgment like the flood, that... Um, the creation will endure, that God's commitment to humans and to his creation is permanent, and that as long as um, the, the earth endures, God will never send another judgment like this. The responsibility, though, that is placed on humans is that they are to respect human life, they are to restrain hum, uh, violence and bloodshed, which was the initial cause of the judgment of the flood as, uh, at the very beginning. And so what we would like to look at in this presentation is the working out canonically of the Noahic covenant and its place in the story uh, of the Bible. And so this promise that God has made and this obligation that God has made, uh, ultimately there is an expiration date to the earth because humans will violate and break uh, their responsibility and their obligation to restrain violence, bloodshed, and evil. So one of the key passages on the Noahic Covenant uh, beyond Genesis 6 to 9 takes us over to the prophet Isaiah uh, in Isaiah chapter 24, verses 1 to 5. And I'd like to read a, a few verses here. This passage is describing the final judgment that God will bring uh, on all of the earth. And so a judgment that will be in scope like the judgment of the flood. And um, uh, the prophet says, the Lord, uh, Isaiah 24, 1, will empty the earth and make it desolate. And he will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. And it shall be as with people, so with priests, as with slaves, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower. This, this judgment will fall on everyone, rich and poor. And verse 3 says, the earth shall be utterly empty and utterly plundered. For the Lord has spoken this word. So the, the, the creation will endure, but ultimately there is an expiration date. There will be a final judgment. And the reason for that judgment is given to us in Isaiah 24, verse 5. It says, The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, they have violated the statutes, and they have broken the everlasting covenant. 
And as, as we read uh, the rest of the Old Testament, we might think of the Mosaic covenant and the laws that God gave to Israel through Moses as being the everlasting covenant. But remember, that was a covenant that was given specifically to Israel and to the people of Israel. This is a covenant that applies to all of humanity, to all people, to all nations for all time. And so the most likely candidate for this reference to the everlasting covenant is that this is probably referring to how God will bring judgment for violation of the Noahic and the creational covenant. And so as a result, the blood meter is running throughout human history, and there will be a final judgment because of the way that humans continue to practice violence, bloodshed, uh, and, and rebellion against the Lord. And, and I think a connection to the Noahic covenant in Isaiah 24 is reflected when we move over to Isaiah 26. And in Isaiah 26, verse 21, it says, Behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood that is shed on it, and it will no longer cover its slain. So why will God bring this final judgment? It's because of the bloodshed uh, that uh, that has been committed, and there will be a final reckoning for that. And, and so we can imagine all of the violence, all of the bloodshed that has taken place in human history. Ultimately, there will be a reckoning for that type of bloodshed. And so this is not just something that applies to ancient people and ancient nations. This is not just for the Old Covenant or the Old Testament or the people that lived around Israel. This is ultimately a covenant that applies to all of humanity. There will be a reckoning, and the blood meter is running. And I think, you know, when we look at the 20th century, and we had two world wars, we have 30 to 40 million people that died uh, in warfare in the 20th century alone. Uh, we have the atrocities that the Soviet Union committed against its citizens. We have what Nazi Germany did uh, to the Jewish people and just these terrible, horrific um, you know, evils. We have numerous stories of genocide. In America itself, we've had a million babies aborted uh, over and over again for a number of years. Ultimately, there will be a reckoning. There will be a final judgment uh, for uh, you know, the way that humans have violated the creational Noahic covenant. But I believe the prophets would also say to us that God judges nations within history. God judges nations in the here and now when they commit violence and atrocities. And so the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, talks about God's judgment against Babylon because Babylon has built its empire and its kingdom through violence and bloodshed. Uh, uh, in Nahum chapter 3, verse 1, Nahum, the capital, or Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, is referred to as a city of blood. And we know that the Assyrians were known as just violent, uh, you know, committing these atrocities. They used that as a form of intimidation. The Lord will hold them accountable for that. Uh, we see this uh, in another passage in the prophets, Amos chapter 1 and 2. There are the judgments of six nations around Israel, and then there is the judgment of Israel and Judah themselves. So Israel and Judah are just as deserving of judgment as these nations around them, 
but the reasons for the judgment of the nations and God's people are different. The six nations outside of Israel are judged for their violations of the Noahic or the creational covenant. Israel and Judah are judged because they have violated the standards of justice and righteousness in the Mosaic covenant. And and so these nations that are mentioned in Amos 1 and 2 have committed atrocities against Israel. Uh, They have ripped open the, the bellies of pregnant women. They have sold people into slavery. They have committed atrocities in warfare. They have broken and violated covenants and treaties of peace that they have made with each other. But Amos also talks about the atrocities that these nations have committed against each other. So even within history, anticipating the final judgment, there are judgments against nations for their violence, for their bloodshed, for their atrocities. And so, again, this covenant is not just for the ancient world. It's not just for the people that lived around Israel. It's not just for the Babylonians and the Assyrians It applies to nations today. And so when we look at the violence, we look at the genocide, we look at the atrocities, uh, we read the stories and hear things in the news every day about violence and bloodshed in our own country. Ultimately, there is a reckoning both in history, uh, you know, and at the end of history dealing with uh, God's, God's, God's anger over human violence and the atrocities that go along with that. So that's, that's central to the working out of the Noahic covenant in Scripture. But I would like us to also think about the story of Noah and the flood and the Noahic covenant and all of the... Uh, how, how does that story ultimately impact the rest of Scripture? What's the theology and, and the practical message that emerges out of this for us? I, I think the story of... Noah and the flood, it is a reminder that God's judgments are real, that they are severe, and the judgments that have taken place in the past are a pattern of the judgments that will come in the future. And so often in Scripture, um, we have uh, judgments that God is bringing on people basically being presented as the undoing of creation in the same way as the Noahic flood itself. And so in Jeremiah 4, verses 20 to 23, when God sends the Babylonians uh, against Judah, it will be like the undoing of creation. Uh, creation will be reduced to a form of being void and without form. And so the language of Genesis 1 there is used to describe the severity of the judgment. Uh, Zephaniah 1, 2 to 3 does the same thing. Obviously, this is exaggerated, but the judgment of the flood is a pattern for these judgments that will take place in the future. I believe that Jesus, in Matthew 24, reflects the theology of the Noahic covenant. He says, at the end of time, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. People are eating and drinking, giving in marriage. There's no real thought to the judgment that's coming, and the judgment will come just as soon and just as swiftly and severely as it did in the days of Noah. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 4, we have these skeptics are saying, uh, you, you Christians, you talk about the coming of Christ and the second coming and the day of judgment. Where is the promise of his coming? We've been here for 2,000 years since Jesus came the first time, 
And, and Peter reminds us that judgment is coming, that, but that God is delaying that judgment in order to be merciful to those that need to repent. And so I think the Noahic flood and uh, the promise and the warning that judgment is coming in the future to us as Christians, it's an urgency for us to remember our mission, to spread the gospel, to share the good news with those who don't know Jesus so that they can avoid that judgment. And, and for those of you that do not know Christ, or if there's never been a time that you have received Jesus as Savior, the only way that we can avoid that future judgment is putting our faith and our trust in what Jesus has done for us. And so there's a warning. This judgment is very real. But also in uh, the Noahic flood and in God's dealings with Noah, the Noahic covenant, there is a reminder. Again, there's a message of hope because there's a reminder of the goodness of God, the grace of God, how mercy is present even in the midst of judgment. And so for the people of Israel, uh, the prophets would use the story of the flood and how God uh, made this promise to humanity as a reminder of God's commitment to the promises that he had made to Israel. Uh, Isaiah 54 verse 9 says, uh, God's dealings with Israel are just like what happened uh, you know, in the days of Noah, there will be judgment, but in the same way that God made a promise to allow the creation to endure and continue, God will restore his people Israel. God will make an everlasting covenant with his people there that is just as permanent as the, as the promises that he's made with creation itself. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 15 and following, God's promise to David that ultimately one of his sons would reign forever and that we would have a Messiah, that is as certain as God's promise to the day and night and the constancy and the continuation of creation. And one last thing that I would like us to think about is that even after the the judgment described in Isaiah 24 finally takes place, when we face this final judgment and when human is and when humanity is finally held accountable uh, for violating uh, the Noahic covenant, and there's this final last judgment, there is the promise, even after that judgment, that God will bring about new creation. And so in the story of Noah, we see the undoing of creation, God destroying everything that he had created uh, at the beginning in Genesis 1 and 2. But what God does with Noah is a work of recreation where the creation endures and continues. And in the biblical story of final judgment, there is also a promise that there will be a recreation um, after the judgment. So in Romans chapter 8, there is a promise that God will not only redeem his children, but God will redeem the creation itself. And so after this final judgment, and in the present, the creation is groaning and waiting to be delivered from the curse of sin and death and all of those things. And God promises that he will restore the creation in the same way that he will redeem and restore his people. So the creation is not just the stage. It's not just the chessboard where God is working out uh, his story of salvation. Creation 
will be a part of that restoration and redemption as well. So just like in the days of Noah, there will be a recreation after the judgment and after the undoing of creation. And I'd like to close this presentation by reading uh, a passage of Scripture in 2 uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13, that talks about the new heavens and the new earth. And, and I think sometimes it's a passage that is misunderstood. So um, Peter says this. He says in 2 Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. It will come just like that judgment in the days of Noah. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and all of its works that are done on it will be exposed. And so we often read this passage, and we think that God uh, will take the creation, it will be burned up, it will be incinerated, uh, and God will start over. But really, I think if we read this passage in light of Romans chapter 8 and in light of other parts of Scripture, is that this is not a burning to destroy the earth. This is a burning and a purging to redeem and to recreate the earth. God's focus is on the judgment of human sin and human evil, and this judgment will purge the earth so that there can be new creation. And in Revelation 21 and 22, ultimately this new creation will bring God's presence, the tree of life, and all that was lost at Eden to humanity. So the Noahic covenant is not just about judgment. Uh, and and uh, the ultimate judgment that takes place is not just about God's anger at human sinfulness. There's a promise that there will be recreation even after the judgment. The Noahic covenant reminds us of God's mercy in the midst of judgment. The creation endures. God continues to work with humanity. God's intention is still to bless. And even after the final judgment, there will be the recreation of a new heaven and a new earth that all of us who know Jesus will be a part of and will participate in forever. Thank you for joining us again here at Living Word Press.